Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, deep conversations and tarot medicine for your highest evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. I mean, we are meeting right at the edge of one of the most transformative paradigm shifts of the year. We are getting ready to release the summer of 2018 and uh, winter of 2018 <laughs> for those in the Southern Hemisphere. And we're moving into a new cycle, a new season. We're already starting to see evidence of the new season, the new cycle that's coming forward. It is a very exciting time to be meeting. I felt while I was doing the monthly medicines for the summer that it was just like I could differentiate energetically, of course, that there were differences, but wow, it really just kind of felt like a big block of time. And in some ways it was, and that's important. And we will look at that, <clears throat> kind of the medicine and the function of that. But for the most part, we are completely and utterly turning over a new leaf. So there is immense freshness to this monthly medicine and to the energy of the month. And I'm feeling just very excited to be diving into it with you. Um, just a couple of incredibly quick things, which is, you know, celebrate this because it's the last time you're going to have to hear this part of the show. Um, we, at the recording of this episode, it is the 30th of August. Um, and as of this moment, there is only just a couple more days to sign up for my eight-week online tarot course, Tarot for the Wild Soul. Enrollments close on September 4th. So actually, I lied to you. You will hear about it one more time. <laughs> You'll hear about it at the beginning of my interview next week. I wasn't going to do um, a episode next week, but decided uh, to do to do one, uh, decided to do two, uh, this month because I have two really good people. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm a little under the weather. So I just thought it was so much nicer and sweeter to let there be kind of two episodes quickly back to back. So we'll see. Um, so you, you, you will unfortunately hear about it one more time <laughs> unless I decide to release it later and then you won't. So hold off on seeing if I'm a liar or not. Um, yeah, it, it's, a it's a beautiful journey. There are so, so, so many people doing it. Um, I'm amazed at the response truly. I mean that quite general, um, quite genuinely. Um, I say that not to be like, oh my God, there's so many people do it. But to say, if you're seeking community, it, even in this very online centered, not person to person world. There is so much intimacy that has already happened with the community in this, um, in this training. And it's just a joy to see it. And I know because I have the same feelings myself that the search for that, um, warmth and that acceptance and that willingness to be seen and to practice and to be vulnerable. Like everybody is looking for that in a tarot community and it's here. So if you're looking for a way to dive deeper, if you like the way I read and I interpret cards and you enjoy the way kind of space I hold, um, and the intention and 
fucks and shits being included in spiritual teaching, come on down. <laughs> um, we just started to offer for anyone who was feeling really tight about the um, about the uh, cost and the investment of the program. We had a one payment option and then uh, and and a three payment option. We've just debuted a five payment option. So for anybody who was wanting to do it but wanted more flexibility, we we have heard you and we're so excited to be bringing this forward. Um, I, and I won't take up any more of your time about it because it could be the last time you hear about it. It also could not be, but signups close on September 4th, um, Tuesday. So today is Thursday. It is Thursday evening at this point. Um, so only a couple more days. So if you want to do this with me, with other people, it would be an honor to have you. And if not, that's perfectly fine, of course. And the only, uh, and the only, the last thing to know is that it will not come back around until 2019. Um, and that's it. And the, uh, yeah, I have like a little announcement, but I will do it at the back of the show. That is the, um, only piece of housekeeping that I have for today. So now without any further interruptions, we can get into our monthly medicine. So to talk about September's energetic, uh, profile, we have to talk and think about the summer of 2018. And I am going to speak as a resident of the Northern Hemisphere. I know that there's an entire globe of people who are like, we're not in the summer. <clears throat> um, I w- may not mention winter um, just simply because I live in the summer, but you can put in and think about, of course, your area of the world and the season to which this applies because everything is everything has a dual to it. So if it's, we're dealing with the heat, you're dealing with the cold, there's the same level of extremity. So it is there, but to speak about, um, June, July, and August is to speak about essentially, um, the equivalent of getting squeezed through a kind of a birth canal, which is a very, um, kind of, uh, it's a, it's an image deserving of all of the, uh, (laughs) beauty that is heaped upon it. It, it is deserving because it's a universal experience. Even if we were birthed in a way other than being literally vaginally birthed, um, we all have the experience of knowing what it is to be within that, um, time within that, that, that is our opening to this life. Um, and whenever we find ourselves in something that reminds the primal brain, like, oh, this feels like when we came here, this feels like this is how I got here. This is how I came here. Um, this was literally my emergence into the world. That when we have that, it does something to the whole evolution of our being. And June, July, and August were meant to do that. They were meant to elicit that. So I'm sure many of you listening to this feel, uh, you know, with 
the moons that we had, which were, I mean, just, it was like the equivalent of getting knocked down by a wave and getting, getting up and immediately getting knocked down again, but like for three months, um, with these moons and all of the clearing and us being in so many retrogrades and then having the intensity of certain planets going direct in ways that were so intense and the shadow periods being so intense. These eclipses, my God, like it's a given. We've all been hearing about it ad nauseum. But it's important to recognize that Uh, two things that are imperative to really fully receiving September's medicine. The first is that it's important to consider this summer to be a kind of a passage through a birth canal for a few reasons. The first is because we deserve to give ourselves compassion around it being such an uncomfortable time. I had a very fruitful, abundant summer you can have a really, really, really fruitful, very abundant, very um, amazing time and still be wildly uncomfortable. And there was almost no one, I don't think, who didn't go through their own experience of being wildly uncomfortable in the last three months. Now, discomfort is not a problem, but when we forget that the discomfort is related to birth pains, then we can add kind of, um, we can domino what is already a very uncomfortable experience, making it even more uncomfortable. So one of the first things to really understand is it's fine to use any kind of languaging you desire and that you resonate with regarding these eclipses, this astro weather, these retrogrades. But if you're saying basically that it tore you up and destroyed you, I'm all for hyperbole. I'm here for that languaging a hundred percent. There's no judgment and no policing there, but at least in the back of your mind, remember birth is hella messy, very raw, very intense. And to just Hold a space, a window in your heart open for the fact that you just came through the birth canal of basically the void. Like we all did. We all came through the birth portal of the serpent, which I feel like is the most out there thing I've ever said on this show, but I stand by it 100%. We have all been rebirthed. And rebirth is messy. We're obviously all still in our process. I know I'm in mine. Um, but when you're in the physical birth canal, when you're, when you're literally being squeezed from where you've been to where you're going, there are a couple things to bear in mind. The first is what you're leaving. There is an element of moving out of our first home, moving out of the placenta, moving out of a space that we've occupied that we're not going to occupy anymore, and one that was keeping us safe and whole. The um, transition from the old um, uh, paradigms and um, the old uh, uh, placentas, the old coverings, the old um, spaces that we occupied that were helping us get through our life, many of us have had to shed those. 
Maybe you didn't realize that that's what you were doing, but that was what was happening. And I share that because so often the brain um, just doesn't give us that credit. It doesn't give us that due. It wants so often to just say, you know, wow, this was a really shitty time. And if you're lucky, you won't stumble into that patch of nettles again, or that patch of briar thorns again, or whatever it is. And the truth is that, you know, I could speak forever about, you know, so many people know about this way more than I do, but stinging nettles are pretty potent medicine. So is birth, so is death. And, um, just don't let the brain trick you into believing that discomfort is a problem because it is not a problem. And we are deeply clearing that paradigm in this lifetime, in this year. We're literally being called to move beyond our programming. It's okay to have that thought, to have that feeling that is completely brain chemistry driven, like this is uncomfortable, I must be in a problem. I want you to go down to your to the bedrock of your life right now. Because what you're, you know, we talk about these astro themes and like, fuck, everybody's experience is different. Your experience could be as random and as unique as your fingerprint. You could be experiencing this through the lens of your alcoholism, your recovery. You could be experiencing this through the lens of like social media addiction. You could be experiencing it through the lens of a career change, of, you know, an awakening to a desire um, that you never knew you had. And it could also be um, an interest in something that you've never had before. You have no idea how this might be showing up for you. And the discomfort that it's eliciting, it's very easy to dismiss that sometimes as being like, oh yeah, it's not about all the astrology that people are talking about because they're not mentioning stuff like that. But astrology can only cover, you know, all this can only cover a certain aspect of the collective. You are here to experience it. You are here to experience it on a personal level. Don't forget that. And don't let any part of you skip out on not only understanding that you've just gone through the birth portal of the great void and of the great serpent and of this universal parent that we all share of transformation and rebirth continually. But the second thing that I spoke about like a couple minutes ago is there is no way to go through that without needing self-care time. Self-care, it's very interesting to me that we are living in a time where people are sharing things related to like, basically like fuck self-care. And I understand why, because the ways that we've been taught and shown that self-care can be gained are really not useful. But to tell you the truth, I don't know one person who really knows how to operate from a place of self-care. It's very, very hard. It requires a lot of conditioning. It requires a lot of willingness to be thought of as selfish. It requires a lot of willingness to be judged and to just be like, okay, great. You can judge me all you want. None of my business. No problem. A lot of us are addicted to the paradigm of victimhood. A lot of us are addicted to martyrdom. And a lot of us are addicted to the idea that we can't seem selfish, self-absorbed, that there are people who have it worse than us. And there surely are, but we are no good to them if we don't take care of ourselves. As a trauma survivor, 
And as somebody with a very low vagal tone and very tender, very sensitive nervous system, I have a lot of fucking strength and tenacity and fierceness and quite a bit of um, uh, natural energy. But I need an enormous amount of self-care to do that. Otherwise, I would never be able to do it. And self-care is not a problem. It doesn't mean weakness at all. So I know for a fucking fact that everybody listening to this or anyone who even isn't listening to this needs some big old TLC time. (laughs) Maybe you're the one to give that to yourself. But, you know, I'm catching a lot of people on what is a holiday weekend for them in America anyway. Um, Whether or not you observe it, um, for some of us, it is a quote holiday off. Um, what will you do with that time? And if you, you know, have no option to use that time in a particularly special way, what can you do with your evening? What can you do with your morning? If you were willing to put down your phone and be with the anxiety that comes up around not looking at a screen, um, how could you be with yourself a little bit more differently? You know, it, it, it's just, it just depends on where you're at. Um, maybe for you being on your phone is a a deep joy and incredibly nourishing. And, um, it's all about right now caring for ourselves, basically postpartum after birth, we are in a soul postpartum period. Do not, do not allow yourself to miss out on this time. There is only this time, every so often when we have been imbued, fortified, instilled with this much downloading wisdom, because we have been downloading hugely, and maybe you didn't realize it or let yourself realize it until now, but this time squeezing in the birth canal, all these voids, all these contractions, all this intensity with the eclipses and the retrogrades, They've all been there to open us up. That's the whole point. It's not just to like ring us out, but it's actually to provide us with more information, which we're going to talk about at this monthly medicine once we get into September. But we're we're dawning in a new time. Today is our birthday. That's, you know, what we can say about yesterday, about tomorrow. It's our birthday. It's our soul's birthday. And we are most certainly in the fourth trimester. We are most certainly in a time when we need a lot of love. We might need to scream. We might need to cry. We might need to curl up with a blanket and nap for all the nights. We were completely sleepless because of the energetic weather. Um, it Now we're starting to be able to restore a little bit. And the medicine for um, September is kind of so big that without understanding the bigness of the birth we just went through, we can miss September. So that's why it was important for me to talk about it a bit. The mantra or phrase for September is open your eyes. Open your eyes. So that operates on all kinds of different levels for sure. But Um, I'm going to get into all levels and layers of that, but put quite simply, we are ready 
to deeply see what is around us, the reality of things. We're ready to take stock. We're ready to review. Um, Opening our eyes is a conscious choice. It's not actually something that we necessarily, uh, we, many of us are able to control that. You know, we, we can control when we can open our eyes and close our eyes. Some folks can't. But for the most part, opening the eyes is a conscious decision to look, to see, to take stock, to shift from a place of non-seeing to a place of seeing, again, is one of great choice. So September's medicine um, is working with, through, and in us in a couple of different ways. So because June, July, and August were a birth canal time, they were a squeezing time, they were a clearing time, a massive shedding, um, we're now ready to build. We are now ready to harvest. We are now ready to plant seeds in fresh, clean soil. We are now ready to actually put to action and use all the things that have started to be instilled in us over the last few months. There is a reason that we go through intensity of these times. The bigger the contraction, the bigger the expansion. No matter how big a contraction is, if it's fucking big, all that means is that there's just an even bigger expansion to follow. Expansions don't match the contraction. They elevate them. We're being asked to see all the different ways that we um, can begin to be more in touch with our lives in a way that promotes growth. We're being asked to see the truth. And more importantly, we're being asked to take responsibility. Not necessarily for anyone else, because we can only work for ourselves, really. If we can't do things for ourselves, we surely cannot offer them to other people. So let's just talk about our work for a moment. Taking responsibility. If you have been exposed to the truth of a pattern, a belief, an old habit, something that is no longer serving you in any regard, in any capacity, your eyes are now open to that. You are now available to change that. And the energy is such that if we're willing to do it, our life can change, period. We have to look at what have we been unwilling to see because we know it would require work? What have we been unwilling to see because we were afraid of what we would see? Resist the brain taking you into like, oh my God, uncovered memories, trauma. That's not what we're talking about right now. That might be your truth, but in terms of the medicine that's coming through, spirit does not want you to go um, breaking down doors or opening the eyes to something that will re-traumatize you. This is about like genuinely beginning to see your gifts in an area that you've not allowed yourself to see before. It's about letting yourself see, oh, it's time to move. It's time for this breakup. It's time for me to have better boundaries. It's time for this project to end. It's time for this um, partnership to begin. It's time for this thing to come to a close. If we're seeing the whole web, we have the fullest, most beautifully abundant, available opportunity 
to change it. Without seeing the full spectrum, we are incapable of changing. I'll give you an example. If you struggle to write and you want to write, you're desperate to write, you want to finish your book, and writing is just so hard, sometimes that's a timing issue where we're pushing something and we really need to kind of wait. But the last three months, if you have struggled with your writing, may have dropped in many gifts and many moments of flashes of clarity for you about why your brain and how your brain might see writing as a threat to itself. When I say the brain, I mean the ego. The ego, if we are expanding when we're doing anything, the ego can play with the idea that it's a threat because it doesn't like when we're taken away from the ego's control. So if you've been longing to deepen your writing practice and gain more discipline, more sitting time, more uh, expansion in that area, you got to start with, well, what's blocking it? And it's not about like unblocking it. And that's beautiful. But what's happening underneath that's creating the fear, that's creating the programming, that's creating the resistance to that thing that expands us so much. Expansion is extremely scary to the brain. So if there's been fear around that, our opportunity is to begin to see all the different ways in which we do not allow ourselves to be in our full genius because we're afraid. And now, and not afraid in soul, afraid in ego, Opening the eyes not only allows ourselves to see like, okay, you know, I see, wow, like I see like my compulsion with this behavior, my texting, my making plans on top of my writing time. Like I, I'm seeing that I now have to pull back from a lot of those plans that I made in order to recenter around the fact that this is sacred time. And I'm also going to completely forgive myself and take responsibility because I now recognize that I only made those plans in the first place because I was operating from a place of fear. So now that I see all of the pattern and all of the why, even though we don't have to know the why, now that I see the web of it all, I can recenter. I can come back to truth. We're living in a time, this is the beginning of the end of life on this planet. We are moving into end times, which sounds insane to say, <laughs> but it's true. Our environment is wildly changing. It's not to be fatalistic. It's to simply be realistic. Um, the whole reason we incarnate on this planet is to do the best we can to evolve with what is in our soul contract to evolve through and to bow to the medicine of whatever that involves and entails. And if we're doing that, we are keeping a clean inner environment, which allows us to be a force for greater change in the external realm. And this is the part that we often miss because our eyes are not open. And oddly, sometimes they're not open on the inside, but they're open on the outside. We see nothing but the duality of people and how other people need to do better, they need to change, or how um, if we can just do this thing externally, clean up this, then everything will be okay. 
what is the work inside? That's really the only way that we can begin to serve, support, and expand in such a big way. That's really, that's really it. It's like if we want to be a force for change externally, we have to start inside. So sometimes opening the eyes involves just changing the perspective. Sometimes we're looking up and we're being asked to look at what's right in front of us. So opening our eyes means taking and coming to a completely clear perspective. We're talking about seeing. This is the medicine of sunshine, of light, of clarity. You and I both, all of us in September, we are starting a process of deep, clear, sometimes intense seeing the truth. Truth with a capital T. This is working. This is not working. Oh, this thing has been completely blocking my progress in this area. It's got to go. I am absolutely not growing in this relationship. It's got to go. I don't mean to say it emotionlessly, but that's kind of the um, that's kind of the attitude from spirit a little bit. It's like be willing to not be in victimhood so much. Of to all of us, be willing to honor the grief process, rest, restore, but be willing to be very strong in what we see. We've already started to see it. Now we're just admitting it so that we can recenter and change. In terms of the collective tarot reading for the month, the medicine that we got for the month of September is justice. So justice plays a very important role with all of us this month. The first place that it plays a role is in this reading. I feel like when the sirens blare means pay attention. <laughs> it's like New York City's mindfulness bell and LA has like lawnmowers. I think I've said that before, but bears repeating. The first place that justice plays a role is in this collective tarot reading for the month of September. And the second place is that in September, we transition from Virgo to Libra and we will move from the energy of the hermit to that of justice. So justice packs a two punch this month and is very much infusing this reading. Now, to all my tarot readers out there, to everybody learning on their path, um, anytime justice comes up in a reading of all the cards in the tarot, it is the most important to pay attention to that card. Possibly justice is the most important, impactful card in the entire tarot. And it is the card that is most often misunderstood and wildly oversimplified. Justice is not a call to balance and for there to be justice. It's not because that's not the way life works and the tarot cannot be any different than life. It's not me being harsh. It's me being realistic. And it's also me utterly embodying the medicine of the justice card. The justice card does not ask us, does not invite us into a space of balance and of justice and of centering when we're off center. It tells us first, be with what's here. Be with what's here. So I want you literally in real time to practice with me. If you could stop 
in this moment and take a sacred pause and look at yourself, your life, your body, this moment. Could you just allow yourself to be with what's here? When you think about the state of the world, about the injustices, about the imbalance to the environment, the grief that comes up in you, and you think about um, everything from police shootings to the whales off of the coast of the Pacific Northwest, all of the things, big, small, and in between, can you be with the fact that this is what they are? before there is a leap to change them, before there is a leap to say, well, it shouldn't be like this, because it is like this. This is what it is. Justice is so much more complex than we give it credit for, because justice begins with the recognition, the maturity, to be able to say, okay, here's what's here. This is what's here. If I'm believing it shouldn't be happening, it can't be happening. I don't want it to happen. I am not ready to fully enact change because I'm not willing to be with reality. Period. In the Smith Rider Wait, the justice card is this kind of traditional figure of justice in the foreground, which is very significant because in the second line of the Rider Wait, we stop seeing um, human beings in that figure or in that repose, we see a lot of that in line one. Um, so the fact that we've moved back to this familiar, comfortable zone, um, this visual uh, experience in line two of the tarot that really is about like the shedding of ego and moving into sacred death. Uh, it's very intense, that line. Um, the fact that we see this figure uh, taking up space in this way is very interesting. And they're holding a sword at 90 degrees and the scales are balanced and all of that. Everything kind of looks like this stately, intense kind of holder of space. But if we notice um, behind the uh, male figure in the justice card or the person in the justice card, kind of holding the sword of truth and balancing the scales, we see this um, curtain that for all the pomp and circumstance of this figure looks rather uh, ratty, actually. And if we notice the edges beyond the curtain, we see some light. And if you do a little digging and you really look at it for a moment, you'll start noticing that it is, that curtain is the veil, is in the veil to death, as in the portal to the great mystery. So there are two kinds of law in this life. There's earthly law and there's universal law. And earthly law thinks that everything should be a certain way, things are right, wrong, and earthly law isn't wrong. There's some fucked up shit that is not okay. But you cannot change earthly law unless you're willing to be with the reality of the injustices. We are unwilling to sit in that for the most part. That's part of the medicine of justice, that we have to sit in the idea of there being karma. We have to sit in the idea that sometimes certain um, injustices are not balanced or corrected for years later. And although we are, wel we are welcome to have our opinion about how wrong or bad that is, of course, it also really does no good to the idea that if we really want to be responsible for change, we have to be with the reality of it. That requires open eyes. 
You have to be willing to see. And when I say you, I'm talking about myself too. We all do. We have to be able to see the reality in order to not only be with this moment, with the karma, with the presence, with the reality of what's here, not with what we want, not with what we're intending, not with what we're hoping. Every single aspect of what we want in this life is available here and now everything, because everything starts from the present moment. If you want something and it's not here, it's time to come into a space of deep wisdom and maturity around that. It's time to pause with your desires and be with the reality. Is something here? Is it not here? There are no accidents in justice. That's one of the most, um, kind of mind-boggling things about that card is that very often we can pull justice in moments when things do not feel just. They actively feel unjust. They actively feel unfair. When we're in a story about how something is unfair, if we've lost touch with the presence, just the simple nature of reality being reality, we will always pull the justice card to welcome and invite us back into holding a space for our feelings about the present moment while being utterly present in it. And we are not really able to move forward until we begin to embody that. Now, because of the last three months pulling up and weeding out and unraveling and like reaching into the blackest of the dark oceans within all of us to kind of bring us into what has not been serving so that we can let it go, now is our opportunity So as we venture into this month of September, what is here in your life right now? All the levels of it. What's here? What's present? What is the reality? It can be hard to come to reality because we have a lot of feelings about what should be and what should not be. There are no shoulds in this moment. It's just reality. So what's here? If you can be with that, If you can be with the information that is present, the good and beautiful and helpful and sometimes horrifying information that is present in the moment, not only will you be an active co-creator in the life that you desire to really live from presence, but you will be one of the first responders to changing life. It is only when we are in full cognizance of reality that we are available to change it. We have all the information. We're listening. Our eyes are open. We're understanding. We see the full web. We might even need to understand our resistance. We don't have to like it. There's nothing about this life that we are required to like. Releasing that would be such a service to yourself. It's not about liking anything. It's about being with what's handed to us. And what is around us. So that we're not only available to accept the beautiful things, but we're available to change the not-so-beautiful things within ourselves. And if we're not available to be in the moment, if we're saying, oh, you know, that was like, that's not like my family. My family never, 
you know, my family didn't, you know, my family wasn't racist. My family, you know, they're not colonizers for, you know, for white or, you know, that's not my blood ancestry. You know, it's like justice says it's, it has nothing to do with it being in a direct line to you. It has to do with the fact that healing and justice is not linear. It is handed to whomever can make a true difference. And the beginning of desiring to make a true difference is by recognizing and moving past the human insecurities. So the first invitation, the medicine of the month, the theme of the month, the card of the month is justice. An invitation to look very deeply at what's here. An invitation to deeply bow over to what's here, to accept it, to honor reality, to begin to say, okay, you know, this is my life right now. I don't like it. I love it. I, you know, feel indifferent to it. And here are all the things that are functional, dysfunctional, working for me, not working for me. And now that I see it, accept it, can find some compassion around all of those things, both for myself and other people. If I can find the humanness in things, I can now be available to change it. Because we can see where things went wrong and we can make adjustments. So this leads us to our first kind of portal of wisdom and treasure about the um, month of September. This month is a time that heralds great change. This month is a time when we are going to be invited to make massive changes in our lives. And again, keep the brain in check. The brain's like, oh my God, am I going to meet someone? Am I going to get, get engaged? Am I going to get a promotion? You might, but you also might not. It might just be that internally you completely transform or you let go of one thing that inadvertently has been completely holding you back to touching into your peace, your space. You have no idea. You can only know that from being in the justice card. The justice card also says maddeningly sometimes there are no mistakes. You would never be handed something if you weren't meant to be handed it to it. So it's about being with this, recognizing and understanding that there's actually the moves we make to adjust in the justice card, to change and transform, come after our willingness to be with what is not working possibly, or what is working, depending on what reality is handing to us. We have to first begin with the reality. And to do that, we have to open our eyes. The justice card asks for us to come forward and engage with it from the perspective of our most wise inner elder. And this is kind of the woven beauty of what has come forward this month because we are beginning this month in Virgo in the medicine of the hermit card, persistence, hard work, dedication, also caretaking beautiful quality of harvest and of nurturance and of tending, of sensuality, of all of the beauty that comes forward with Virgo energy that can thrive when we are in deep caretaking mode. All of those things are very, very much a part of the hermit card, which um, is, you know, really a process of incredibly deep pausing 
before taking action, which is directly connected to justice because we want to be able to have that moment of clarity and of conciseness and, and of personal work before we make changes to be very clear about what we're doing and investing in. But the other part of it is that with the lantern light of the hermit, he can only go one step at a time. We're not necessarily seeing the whole big picture. We're coming back to this idea, the truth really, that change exists and happens and starts here and only here. It is really the great recentering of a culture that has become very fixated on planning for the future, um, manifesting the future that we want, all of all things that I'm I'm so here for. It's so beautiful. But with that, there has to be a willingness to say, okay, and there's also space being held for the gifts of this moment. Because without really, really recognizing what's here in this moment, I'm going to have to meet what's here at this moment at the gate of what I want in the future. There's no getting away from it. It's just getting clearer about what's here so that we can be free and that we can do so in a way that is very um, much aligned with our maturity and our growth and our wisest self. Um, and this is what we do in Libra season. This is like literally the gateway that leads us to Scorpio, which is this, it's death, you know, um, what we're clearing and releasing leaving behind in August and in many ways in the summer of 2018 is the hangman reversed resistance. I won't do it. I won't look, I won't pause. I want to go somewhere else. I want to do something else. I don't want to be here. If I buy this thing, try this thing, do this thing, maybe I'll get out of my rut. If I step this way, maybe it won't be so uncomfortable. Ah, oh, if I step that way, that's all hangman reversed the attempt, desperate attempt to get out of the discomfort. And I have nothing but fucking compassion for that shit because that is just human nature. That's all of us. Hangman is about the enlightenment that we can uh, attain and gain through um, being with profound human discomfort. And there is sort of this amazing process of death that we go through, this preparation for death that we go through in the hangman. When reversed, it's just, you know, I see hangman reversed way more often than I do right side up for folks, um, or at least I used to. I guess I don't that much anymore, but that was my experience in my years as a reader. And hangman reversed is all about, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And if I, and it's, and also I believe holds within itself excellent intentions to try to fix what we perceive as being broken and nothing's broken. It's not a problem <laughs> that we don't have what we quote want, that what we desire isn't here, that we haven't manifested this thing. If what you desire isn't here, there's something to look at in this moment and justice is providing the opportunity to go straight to the heart of it. So what we're leaving is resistance to presence is resistance to pausing and is the very well-intentioned um, action that we can sometimes take where we say, oh, like, you know, I don't want to be, you know, sitting in this discomfort. I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to try something different. Then what winds up happening is that like we get injured or 
we get bummed or we don't feel very good or we're exhausted in some way because we're doing shit to get out of feeling something that's completely fine. So it's wonderful that we're letting go of that because now we can begin to fully be here. We have the we have the presence of mind and the ability to be fortified in that. What we are stepping into in the month of September is, uh, interestingly enough, Five of Swords, which um, I really paused with uh, because the feeling that I got when I pulled it was just very, a lot of positivity. Um, it's this card being here is what we're stepping into um, this month. Um, Five of Swords is oddly one of the most profound and important allies for transformation in the whole tarot because um, the swords are obviously connected to brain chemistry and have to do with mastering of brain chemistry and fives have to do with contraction. Five of swords can be sometimes very uncomfortable. This doesn't actually mean the month is going to be uncomfortable. I kind of feel like the month is going to be a lot less uncomfortable than it's been. I hope I'm right in what I'm feeling in my channel or whatever, but, um, five of swords is a card that is explicitly about personal responsibility. The story of what happens in the five of swords is that two men on the card on the rider weight bet that they can win a sword fight against a man and they both lose and they bet their swords and they lose their swords. And when we catch, for example, in the Smith Rider weight, this man in the foreground who looks kind of wicked and victorious with five swords around him, there are two men off in the distance, one of whom has his head in his hands and the other of whom kind of looks dazed. The card is not about the dude with the swords. It's about the men in the background. And it's about one of the most painful, uncomfortable, but completely universal experiences that we all go through in this life, which is the experience of recentering after disappointment, the experience of recentering, period. If you make a decision, if you make a choice, if you say, I'm going to bet you, I'm going to bet my sword, you lose your sword. If, if we allow spirit divine to come through five of swords in that moment, what we're really hearing is like, it's not a problem. You will get another sword, even if it's hard. It's not a problem. In many ways, you have invested in your energetic education about your choices, about your impulses, about what it is to be compassionate with yourself after disappointment. There is no greater ally for wisdom, maturity, and transformation than five of swords. And I want to be, again, very clear you know, whomever is, you know, whomever is speaking with me while I'm channeling this, um, and who, uh, gave me this information before I recorded, it's not about the fact that we're going to be handed these challenges and these disappointments this month. So again, just don't let the brain get your titties in a twist on that one, <laughs> but it's really about, there's always loss. There's always disappointment. There's always decisions that we make. And sometimes we make them for really positive reasons and sometimes we don't. And the results of them, being with the reality of the results of them 
accepting, like, all right, this is disappointing. This is mind blowing. This is a bummer. This is, this is welcome, you know, kind of wherever we are with the results of our choices, allowing ourselves to recenter without a story, no blame, actively saying to the brain, I will not accept or take part in your bullshit. I will not drop in with your invitations into self-loathing and you should have known better and like you should be so ashamed of yourself. That's all brain bullshit. It's not the truth. Being a well-adjusted, centered, soul-centered person on our path involves enormous mistakes. Having the willingness to recenter and just say, okay, well, you know, well, that taught me quite a bit. You know, it taught me quite a bit. Probably won't do it this way again, but I'm not going to beat up on myself, even if other people are beating up on me. There's no excuse to do that, period. So just being willing to say like, okay, wow, you know, this is, this is the consequence of this, positive or negative, like, cool, I'm just going to recenter. You know, an example of this is like um, not giving ourselves enough support time in the middle of two projects. Sometimes it's about calling in the cavalry a little bit later. And other times it's about saying, well, you know, this really fucking sucks and I'll never do it again because it really doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> like that experience is another way that we can look at five of swords. But here's the thing. Five of swords and justice kind of do the same thing. They ask us to look at reality. They ask us to be uh, mature personally responsible. They ask us to look at the truth rather than our feelings about the truth. And they ask us to abandon uh, brain bullshit. Justice asks us to do that around the idea that things shouldn't be happening, couldn't be happening, it can't be happening, or it's not fair. Um, and Five of Swords asks us to release the story after we make a decision that either doesn't feel good or elicits a consequence that might be hard. And that, you know, we go through that all the time. Like there's a constant movement, um, an ebb and flow that is five of swords related in this life. And it has nothing to do with the dictation of a month being hard or not. It's just about the willingness to not let the brain get in there and just be like, okay, recentering. Great. You know, I've often taught five of swords, like like, let's just say, I'm not saying anyone, I'm not getting this as an intuitive hit at all, but let's say, you know, we're committed to our recovery, our sobriety, we have ourselves a drink. We can drift into the most gut-wrenching despair, or we can call our sponsor and begin again. And there really doesn't need to be any story. The brain will scream. The brain will try to tell us all kinds of different things. The brain's narrative is not the truth. We do not have to believe it. And we can say, no, thank you. The reality is that I wasn't drinking. I took a drink and now I'm not drinking today. Period. That's it. So why is this important? It is important because we are beginning to bring in a time when we need to be of greater service in a way that is smarter rather than harder and in a way that is far more effective and in a way that allows our energy to be utilized more fully. And without having these systems in place of willingness to recenter, to not put ourselves through the ringer, to not feel that we need to um, 
be performative about the way that we're, you know, punishing ourselves, releasing all those fucking paradigms. Oh, just so we can be with what needs to change, what needs to be birthed in us. It's just basically about releasing story so that we can get to the heart of what's here. The medicine for divine. I think for the first time I got two cards instead of one here. Um, medicine for the divine today, uh, the gentle medicine from above, I guess, <laughs> um, is king of pentacles reversed and ten of cups. So, king of pentacles reversed the reminder around that is that you do not need to know the how king of pentacles kind of ends the deck and has to do with us fully being in our complete soul human alignment um making money for being just who we are on the planet and it's not just about money but it's about a sense of being abundant taking care of well-fed well-nourished all those things when we have that, when we have that willingness to consider, when we have that, um, when we have that alignment, life doesn't necessarily feel perfect and good, but it does uh, begin to click us into a space where we're we're usually feeling like we're rocking and rolling with something much bigger. And when reversed, it kind of is like we've got this big path that we're on and. And, you know, people are telling us that we're on this big path. We're, we're kind of hoping we're doing the work, but we can't really see it. You know, this, we're coming back again to this idea of opening your eyes. Um, it's spirit's way of basically saying, you don't need to know the how. You don't need to know every detail. Trust that you're on the path, even if you don't feel like it. Just start with what's here. And Ten of Cups is the most beautiful end to this reading because it basically says, says to us, a, opening your eyes and being with the present moment is the way to gain and bring forward and manifest all that you desire, all that you long for, all that you're cherishing, all that you want. It's the way to bring about harmony and joy. More importantly, it's a way to find gratitude in every moment, even if you don't have what you want. Ten of Cups, to me, is so not what has been written about in books. Otherwise, every motherfucker who got it would be in some kind of like monogamous relationship with kids. That's not my truth. I mean, I'm currently in a monogamous relationship with my partner. Um, but I mean, who knows <laughs> for both of us and I'm fucking committed, but like that's nobody's idea of happiness in a blanket statement, it is a delight to be in relationship with my husband in this way. I, it's a fantastic experience, better every day. But it, my idea is not having two children of happiness, but yours might be. And there are some people who don't even desire relationships, period. So how, how can we, we are missing an enormous part of the population if we are to consider Ten of Cups as like, oh, you get everything you want, you have family, you have harmony. Like, that's not everybody's truth. And the other aspect of Ten of Cups is like, when in the history of humanity has a card been hinged on us getting what we want? How can we, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Coming in hot, it just doesn't work that way. So 
if Ten of Cups is an experience of harmony where the cups have actually left the material realm and have moved into the state, moved into vapor and light, moved into rainbow form, then what we essentially have is A, the ability to let go of the material, and B, the ability to be with life as it is. Now, I've talked about this on this podcast, but Ten of Cups is usually connected to rainbows for a pretty good reason, and that's because they're ephemeral. They're a thing of incredible beauty that only happen when there's two, when there's light and water, when there's things happening at one time that don't always go together. They're this kind of miraculous, scientific, completely um, special thing that if we're not there for, we can miss very quickly, just like life. So if we're not really there with ourselves, with our life, we can tend to miss the gifts that are here. Ten of Cups is not about a promise that we're going to get everything we want. It's about peeling back the layers to show us that we have everything. We're so blessed. Our lives are so full. And if they're not, we can do the work this month to open our eyes and begin to see why they're this way, what the gifts might be here, and how we can begin to truly make changes. And even though we've talked ad nauseum in this monthly medicine about you know, honoring what's here, being with what's here. Why are we talking about all this? We're talking about it because the only way to truly change our lives is to pay attention to what is present, what we're working with, what's going on, how we feel about it, the the patterns that we elicit. If we're not aware of our functioning and of what's present for us in this moment, we're not really going to be able to create the future that not only we desire, but that the spirit desires for us. And that is how all of these cards are working together to help us open our eyes. So you don't have to know where you're going and you don't need to know the how. You can find joy and presence. We are being called to take responsibility for our lives from an incredibly mature perspective. No blame to fully say no thank you to that as part of the brain's horseshit maneuver. And once we begin to do our justice work, we're just called to notice, honor, and if it feels right when it's time, make a shift. And that's really how change can happen in this card. We're prepared in justice to honor the reality so that we're available to change it, whether in ourselves or you know, to invite others to change. Um, the most important piece that I got in my channel for us is that the energy that we're going to, is going to be moving through us this month needs a place to go. So, um, we need to be able to have outputs. Um, there's a lot that has been running through us and there's going to be really important uh, times to restore. There's also going to be a huge amount of energy running through us for creation's sake. Part of the reason that we're being called to open our eyes and see all of this is so we can begin to step forward into the shit that actually is going to make us happy and make us feel really abundant in this life. And if anything isn't really um, working in that particular capacity, we're welcome to release it after really noticing and observing why it's here and what it's doing for us. But we're going to need to direct our energy. So that might mean walks for you. That might mean workouts. That might mean dancing. That might mean singing, screaming. Um, 
laughing, um, you know, whatever, just don't make it too fancy. Like make it feel like really joyful. Like if you're going to dance, you don't have to do it to like any type of music, just have it be what moves your soul and it be willing to let that change every day. Um, the other thing that came through as being extremely important this month is quiet time. So quiet time is something that we have been, uh, sold a bill of goods on the fact that, um, it's like literally we're hearing in this day and age, just like irresponsible to take quiet time because we are being called to be so hypervigilant, so aware of what's going on in the world that we can't unplug and have a moment. So uh, there are multiple reasons why this is in absolutely imperfect and untrue scenario. The uh, biggest of which is that um, in order to have any kind of connection, perspective, reflection, and intimacy with both divine and ourselves, you have to be quiet. And in order to be quiet, we have to, we have to actively turn down the noise internally and externally. So it's not about like, don't touch in with the news. It's about like gifting yourself two days, asking for support for two days or a day where you can be with whatever is going on in the body so that you can begin to have some measure of quiet time. It's also about accepting responsibility. So if we've set up systems for ourselves or if we've been set up in a system for ourselves that is not serving us, it's time to really reflect on that and see, well, is it working? Is it serving me? Is it important for me to shift this even though I don't see a way forward? Um, and if it's just simply we're so anxious and we keep finding ourselves on this like loop of computer, phone, news, um, reactivity, sometimes in a very important way. Um, it's important to begin to develop a process of compassionate space from some of that looping. And um, I say that because no part of it is absolutely possible to be poisoned by screen time. It's 100% possible to be poisoned energetically by too much time consuming. The, the brain evolutionarily, it's not evolved enough to keep up with it. And it, there are effects that it has on us that are pretty deleterious, that are pretty hard to take in when we're really in that place. And we completely and totally um, really make it hard to hear in the channel of receiving when we're so consumed. So quiet time doesn't just mean be quiet. Quiet time means quiet the things around us that invite us into noise and distraction and have very clear boundaries around that. Everyone's boundaries will be different. Just take responsibility for yours. Um, and that's it. In terms of the um, uh, other things that are important, Saturn is moving or um, Saturn is direct on September 6th. We have a new moon in Virgo on September 9th. 
we obviously move into Libra in mid September and we have a full moon in Aries on the 24th and Pluto is direct on September 30th. So once again, we're on tying knots big time this month, really clearing, ending things, beginning to see what's here for us. Um, really above all, um, it is very hard to see our truth through the veil of shoulds and pressure and, ju and perceived judgment and like, but the most um, kind of toxic, subtle, quiet, sly lie that we all buy into. We're talking about all of this change, opening our eyes, making adjustments is, um, I can't do that right now. And that's not true. I don't know your situation, but I promise you that there is always a way. There's always a way. Eight of swords style. And a lot of the time it's about being with the beliefs, the feelings, the perceptions we have about asking for help, about admitting that things are really hard for us, about moving out of uh, our perceptions of where we are. You know, um, sometimes it's just about admitting like, I have a real need to have control um, and like I have a real need to be in the driver's seat of my life and my business or my, you know, my children, of course, like there's all kinds of different ways that we desire to have control. Um, but what winds up happening is that we get into a space where we desperately need help and we won't let anybody in because everything has to be our way. So when we're opening our eyes, we're able to hold space for the part of us that knows that no one might be able to help us in a way that is better than we can help ourselves. But there also might be someone who could do it better. You know, we can hold both, like the belief that there's nobody out there that's better and the desire to believe that there might be. So there's there can be both there. But sometimes we just have to open our eyes to our own self-inflicted perceptions about what is possible for us to make changes around. And once we've gotten past it, then life can really begin. And that's what I have for you today. I hope that this monthly medicine washes over your spirit, infuses you, nourishes you, fortifies you through the flow of the month. I love all of you. Um, I have one recommendation for everybody listening to this. So my friend, Erin Aquarian, or you might know her as full-time witch, um, is, uh, started a podcast called waking the witch, which I really hope I got the name of it right, but it's not in front of me. And I'm pretty sure it's called waking the witch. Um, it's fucking amazing. So just go to her Instagram at full-time witch, check it out. Erin is such a beautiful light and is such a supportive presence. And, um, is somebody that I just think is doing such incredible work. And she kind of, I really believe deserves like all your dollars and support. Um, and, and so do so many, by the way, it's not just, you know, um, there are lots of people that deserve all of your dollars and support, but, um, Aaron just, you know, I just so love the work that, um, she's doing. And I really hope that you enjoy and support her podcast. Um, it's beautiful. She's beautiful. Um, the episode that I, I got the chance to have a sneak preview of was 
glorious and utterly Aaron and loved it. So I really encourage you to check that out. That's Aaron Aquarian, Waking the Witch. And on that note, I love you all. Thank you all. And I will catch you uh, next week for an interview. And until then, be well. Be well.